Welcome to Season 2 with Dr. Annette West. This show is coming to you from a holistic and faith-based view, sharing varied topics, occasional interviews, and discussions. The purpose of this show is to help us to build up our mind, our body, and our spirit. I want to give a shout out to Dr. Sax Love for allowing this show use of his jazz instrumental, Funk Jazz. Now, let's get started with Dr. Annette West's topic for today. Hi, everyone. Dr. Annette West is here. I hope you're doing well on today. I'm going to speak from the topic today, which is relative to marriages. I want to share some biblical principles that I believe can help us to be stronger in our marriages. As you listen to these principles, they are very much universal, meaning although I may be speaking um, of them concerning marriage, you can apply them truly into any type of relationship. But I want to start by saying love is the greatest expectation that God has from us. God expects us to love. In 1 Corinthians 13, it speaks of many different um, elements that we need to possess to be the way that we need to be. But that passage of scripture, 1 Corinthians 1 through 13, read it later. But on 13, verse 13 says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So the first um, principle that I want to share with you on today is Trusting God in it. Trusting God in it. What we have to know in our marriages is that God has an expectation and he expects us to treasure him first. What we do in our marriages is a response to the love that we have for God. So we have to ask ourselves, will we align with God's truth in our marriage or will we be we be haphazard and just go along and do what we want to do? Whatever we choose is our decision. But when you're in a marriage, you should embrace your spouse. And God should be the, the center, the essence of everything that you do. 
When we learn how to embrace God's love, we begin to feel differently about ourselves, our families, and everything around us. When we embrace God's love together, we will share his message and we will obey his commandments. So in a marriage relationship, both parties should choose to love God first, to share the truth, and to obey what the Bible says. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And I believe that the greatest of these is love because love covers so many things. Love also will, will, will motivate us and prompt us to respond to situations when we may not want to and respond in a positive way when we may want to respond negatively. And so in a marriage, when the two accept the grace of the father, and share his love, then they can be blessed. They can be blessed here on this earth. So if we genuinely seek to build a relationship that will last, we must make God the masterpiece, the centerpiece of everything that we are doing. I truly believe when we do this, love will endure. Colossians 3 and 14 says, above all, put on love the perfect bond of unity. Love unifies us. Love helps us to come together, even in times when we in our own flesh may not want to. In John 13 and 34, he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, so that you also love one another. The Lord loves us. The Lord has kept us and is keeping us. And he expects for us to love others as he loves us. He expects for us to love our spouse as he loves us. He expects for us to love our spouses so much that we would be willing to do whatever is necessary for their safety, for them to be in a good place. John 15 and 13 says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one life for his friend. Your spouse is your best friend, should be. And so many people say, oh, we want to have successful marriages. But I really believe the key to a great marriage is faithfulness in the Lord and a commitment to follow through. We determine whether we're going to be have successful outcomes or not. We determine that based on what? How we engage one another, the time that we invest in one another. And in order for our love to build the way that it needs to, we must be willing to su support and protect each other. If you're not willing, if I'm not willing to work at my marriage, I can't expect for it to work out. And so love requires effort. Your marriage, it requires love. It requires effort. And when we trust God and we trust God and we lean on his promises and we make the Lord Christ our center, the center of our life individually and the center of our life in our marriage, greater things can come forward.
And so I wanted to share that first principle there that we have to trust God and, and love. The second principle I wanted to talk about is, and this is a tough one for some people, and it's the golden rule. And the golden rule is to treat others as you want to be treated. Luke 6 and 31 says, just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. This is even true in a marriage. The golden rule should govern our household. It should govern our marriage. When we obey the golden rule, it proves it proves who we are in the Lord and it improves our relationship with the Lord and then our marriage relationship. But think about this. The reverse is also true. If you and or your spouse ignore the golden rule together, you're definitely headed downward. You're definitely headed on a downward spiral. Trouble will be coming and it will be coming fast. We have to find balance in our marriages. We can't have one member, one, one marriage partner being a taker and the other one being a giver. The healthiest and the best marriages are those in which both parties seek to give more than they get. I can look at my own marriage. It's exciting that I'm talking about this today because I, I wasn't sure it was supposed to be an interview and that was pressed off until next week and I asked the Lord, what shall I talk about? And he said, you haven't talked about marriage in a while. And so tomorrow, the 15th of August, is my husband and I uh, 35th wedding anniversary. And I must say, we have a vibrant marriage. Did we always have a vibrant marriage? No. We started out with a good marriage in Christ, but then, you know, we had other things that we wanted to do at times. We had shifting in thought and activities. We even had a point where we were considering divorce and a separation. But we chose to put our best in, even beyond how we felt in that season. We chose that we would work, it, work through it. We chose that we would. Now, listen to what I said. We chose. It takes two to make this thing work. It's not a one-sided thing. It's not a one-sided marriage. And Jesus requires us to, or his expectation is for us, is that we are going to treat each other the best possible way. We're going to respect each other. We're going to be kind to one another. We're going to be courteous to one another. We're not going to be arguing with one another. We're not going to be hollering and screaming to one another. We're going to be doing to each other as we would have done unto us. And thank God we learned that a long time ago. 
And if you really want to know how to treat your spouse, look at yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, how will I treat myself? If you treat yourself good, then you should be treating your spouse good. If you take care of your needs, you should be ensuring that your husband's needs are, or your spouse's needs. I have a husband. Your spouse's needs are taken care of. John 2 and 8 says, if you really carry out the royal law prescribed in scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself and you are doing well. Well, your spouse is your neighbor too. And sometimes in marriages, people may want to kind of grow a little weary. But the Bible tells us in Galatians 6 and 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Sometimes it gets tough in these marriages and we have to decide, are we going to continue on? Are we going to keep moving? Are we going to keep processing forward? Are we keep going to keep doing the things that we need to do? Are we going to put forth our best? Are we going to keep our joy as we move forward? We all, we each have a choice in this matter. And the golden rule, it starts right where we are in our homes. We can't be self-centered. We can't be selfish. Real love seeks the happiness of another person without expecting anything in return. So the golden rule is truly important in our lives. God wants us to be powerful in our relationships. He wants us to grow. He wants us to sustain. He wants us to cooperate with each other. He expects that from us. I would say to us in respect to the golden rule, treat your spouse in the same way you want your spouse to treat you. It doesn't really take that much effort. But it does take effort. It does take commitment. The third thing I want to talk about is trust. A trust relationship. Trust is so important in a relationship. Are you honest with each other? Can you trust each other? Without trust, marriages soon begin to wither. But when we trust each other, our marriages begin to flourish. They continue to develop. They continue to grow. Honesty is so important in your marriage. Why are you hiding that thing? You shouldn't have anything to hide. And believe me, sometimes honesty can be difficult, especially if you were never taught to be honest to start with. But sometimes even when you want to be honest, it can be painful to tell the truth. Sometimes being honest may make us feel a bit uncomfortable. But I tell you, despite any temporary feelings of discomfort, we must make a commitment that honesty is the hallmark of our relationship. 
Because if we don't, then we invite needless suffering into our lives and into the lives of those we love. If you're like me, you want a love that will last. But in order for that love to last, you're going to have to commit yourself to build a relationship on mutual trust and unending faith in one another. Proverbs 10 and 9 tells us that the one who lives with integrity lives securely, but whoever perverts his ways will be found out. I never want to do anything that would taint my husband's reputation, that would make my husband look bad, that would bring a blemish upon my family. We have to learn how to walk in integrity. The Lord is watching. And remember, what we want to do is build up. We want great marriages. Charles Swindle um, said, the greatest gift you can give your marriage partner is your fidelity. The greatest character trait you can provide your spouse and your family is moral and ethical self-control. Truth becomes hard if it is not softened by love and love becomes soft if it is not strengthened by truth. When we make our vows to each other, we are being utterly unique and profoundly committed. We are saying to our spouse, you mean the most to me. You mean the most to me, but Christ means the greatest to me. Nobody should be before your spouse other than the Lord thy God. You have children. Yes, you have to take care of your children. But your children are going to grow up and they're going to leave home one day. What kind of relationship are you going to have? On one of the episodes of the show Blackish that I recently, I think it was a rerun, but they were going through this stage where everybody's going off to something. Somebody's going off to college. Somebody's going off to jobs. Some are going to school. One is going to daycare. And then mom and dad are left at home and they're across the room looking at each other and they don't know each other. They're, they're talking about, oh, you like this. No, I never liked that. And they're finding out that they don't even know the other person. We don't want to get to that point. We want to build we want to build this trust. We want to build this foundation. We want to build it. We want to take the time. We want to um, have completeness in our relationship. We want to do the best that we can do to help each other. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. God can handle every challenge that we face. We can trust God to manage every aspect of our lives, including our marriage, if we are willing. But too often, people are just ready to run. Now, I realize there are some people in some pretty 
horrific relationships. God's not telling you to sit there and be abused. God is a God of love, but I'm talking about these people that just going through something for a moment and they just, well, I'll just walk away. Not willing to fight for what they said they were making a lifetime commitment to. But God expects for us to do our best. The fourth principle that I want to talk about is communication. And we cannot talk about communication enough. We have to be kind. We have to be courteous. And we have to be clear with one another. I was um, talking to someone the other day. And they were saying that their spouse will say things to them like, um, why should I have to tell you this? You should know this. And I, and I said, well, that's, that's not a valid statement because people come from different places. And just because you may have learned something growing up and certain ways to do things, the person you married may not be privy to that. They may not have had those examples. And so why would we think we don't need to tell them? And why would we try to beat them up because they don't understand? We have to learn how to take the time. You know, somebody that comes from um, an upbringing where they pretty much had a silver spoon in their mouth. and They didn't have to do any work. They didn't even have to barely clean their rooms. You know, their, their mother did all the clothes for them to the tip time they left home, did all the cooking for them for the time they left home, ironed their clothes. So then they leave, they go to college where they just kind of don't do much of anything, but just survive. And then they decide to get married. And when they get married, they happen to marry somebody who knows how to do all of these things. And they're wondering why you come in here and you can't do these things. And so they're getting angry. And a lot of times they keep it in until they blow up. But if the person doesn't know and you know, then share with the person so they will know. Then if they don't do it, it's because they don't want to do it. But we can't expect that the other person can read our minds. Proverbs 25 and 11 says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. We have to be mindful of our words. We have to become skilled as a communicator in our marriage. We need to be willing to take the time to sit down and discuss things. We need to learn how to think before we speak. Don't just run our mouths and blurt out everything that comes to mind, comes to our head, basically. And we just spew it out into the atmosphere and we haven't stopped to process it, to see. <laughs> and I've learned myself, some things are better left unsaid. We also have to learn how to be good listeners. We have to be willing to take the time to, to be attentive to what our spouse is saying. And a big one for a lot of couples is, man, my spouse whines all the time. What are you whining for? 
Whining has never solved anything but to get on somebody's nerve. Nothing positive ever comes out of whining. Hollering and screaming and harping on somebody about something. So don't do it. Don't be a complainer. When you're communicating with your spouse, don't leave out pertinent inf information from that, from that discussion that could come back later and haunt you. Don't say things that you don't mean. Don't make promises that you will not keep. And learn how to encourage your spouse. You are supposed to be the biggest motivator of your spouse. You are supposed to be able to boost your spouse up. Not be a constant critic to your spouse. Proverbs 12 and 18 says, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. We have to seek to be a source of encouragement to our loved one, to our spouse. We have to learn how to take our words and measure them very carefully. We must learn how to speak wisely and not be impulsive. We must use words of kindness, words that build up, words of praise, not words in anger, not words that tear down. We have to learn how to be truthful without being cruel when we are saying something. We have the power to do what's right. We have to choose to do what's right. Our tongues are supposed to bring healing. I was thinking about Psalm 19 and 14 says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Just think about if we would take the time before we speak to our spouses about things and consider our words and meditate in our heart and seek the Lord. Our marriage should be so important to us. There is, a, there is a course mapped out for our individual lives. But now that we've come together as a married couple, we have to map some things together. But I know that God will be with us every step of the way. And he's given Jesus as our advocate and the Holy Spirit as our guide. We should be able to walk together, to fellowship together, to talk together. Communication is vital to the health of any relationship. And if you're having trouble expressing, don't give up. Don't, 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 um, don't close yourself down. Keep trying until you finally get the hang of it. It might be a new habit for you. But remember, your words matter. What you speak to your spouse and how you speak them makes a difference. Never underestimate the importance of what we say and how we speak and engage our spouse. Because whether we realize it or not, our words carry great weight and great power, especially when we are addressing our spouse 
and our loved ones. I want you to be encouraged and empowered by what I've shared today. And I hope that this has been a blessing to you. Thanks for tuning in this week. Bye-bye. As we close, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you have not subscribed to this podcast on Apple iTunes or your favorite platform, please do so today. Share a comment and give a five-star rating. Join my mailing list at Dr. Annette West Ministries at gmail.com. Also, purchase a copy of my newest book, Holistic Wellness, Mind, Body, Spirit, on Amazon or at DrAnnetteWestMinistries.org webpage. Keep tuning in every week. I guarantee you will be blessed.